New Vision is a church that is about guiding people to lives of gospel transformation. Whether this is your first time listening with us or you're a regular listener, we're so happy that you're here. Monday through Friday, we release a podcast studying through a book of the Bible. Right now, we've focused our attention to the Gospel of John. Again, we're happy that you're here. We know God's going to do something great. And joining us today, Joseph Brasher. Yeah, thank you for uh, for this chance to come back and uh, share with you again. Uh, and this time I'm on John chapter 7, verse 45 through chapter 8, verse 20. So I'm going to be reading these out of the NIV, and uh, we'll just jump right in you know, to these uh, verses. Uh, so it says, Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, Why didn't you bring him in? No one ever spoke the way this man does, the guards declared. You mean he has deceived you also, the Pharisees retorted. Has any of the rulers or of the Pharisees believed in him? No, but this mob that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was one of their own number, asked, Does our law condemn anyone without first hearing him to find out what he is doing? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Looking into it, and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. Then each went to his own home. Chapter 8, verse 1. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. How are, how, here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are right because I'm not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two men is valid. I am the one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple area near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his time had not yet come. 
you know, just thinking through this passage, you know, we always have to remember the context. You know, this is at the end of the Feast of Tabernacles, as you heard about yesterday. And Jesus makes this great proclamation in John chapter 7, verse 37, 38. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from him. What a powerful statement that was. In fact, you go to the end of the Bible, Revelations 22, it says the, the spirit uh, and the bride say, come, come all you that are thirsty. What a powerful picture of, of just this, uh, this evangelistic message that, that Jesus was sharing right there in that moment of, if you're thirsty, come. And, and so then he has this statement that's here, and uh, and we have in here we have these these reactions of the Pharisees throughout these verses uh, that we're going to see. You know, it, it's kind of kind of important to kind of stop and think about who the Pharisees were. So the Pharisees were this religious group of teachers that, that kind of went around enforcing the law. And it's it's kind of interesting. They no one really knows how the group really started up. Uh, in fact, you had two different groups that were kind of going around being a religious voice for the people. You had the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And it's kind of almost like similar um, political parties, but yet they had different ideas of how to get to the same end. The Sadducees were a group that they didn't believe in the existence of angels or the resurrection, yet they maintain, maintain influence for their study of the scriptures. The Pharisees, though, they were also, they were a religious group that was similar to the Sadducees in that they, they gave their interpretation of the law, but they were also called the religious group of the people. So when Jesus comes on the scene, you notice he doesn't go to the religious leaders. Rather, he goes to the people, the same ones that Jesus had influence over, really were the ones that challenged uh, the Pharisees' control and the power that they had over people as well. So we, we start to see these interactions that Jesus has with the Pharisees throughout this passage. And if you kind of think about how Jesus even described the Pharisees, in Matthew 23, he called them whitewashed tombs. They were pretty on the outside, but they were dead and empty on the inside. Matthew 15, he calls them blind guides. He says, if the blind lead the blind, they're both going to fall into a, a pit. So we have these guys that are out here that are looking at their religion, everything that they're doing on the outside is being the way that they are righteous. Yet Jesus, we remember, he looks at the heart. He, he doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart and, and he's gonna just challenge them in these ways throughout this passage in these, in these episodes. So when we look at John chapter seven, verse 45, and really going through uh, 53, you know, we're really getting to see, even with this, how the they were blinded to see the prophecy that Jesus fulfilled. That's what the Pharisees were. They were blinded to see the prophecy that Jesus fulfilled. Think about the reactions you had here. You had the people that they were seeing Jesus as a prophet. They were beginning to even call him, some people were calling him the Christ. You had the guards that they started to see Jesus as a authority figure them. They didn't want to step in. They didn't want to seize him. But then you had the Pharisees and they saw Jesus as a deceiver. And, and we noticed Nicodemus who had had an earlier interaction with Jesus in John chapter three, he, he was trying to turn their focus towards seeing Jesus the right way. And, and yet the Pharisees remained blind, remained blinded uh, by, uh, by who Jesus truly was. 
And so we remember about Jesus. Jesus is, he is the Christ. He is the one that's coming to testify. He is the son of God that does not, that, that comes with authority. And, and we really see how they even questioned in here about how it seemed like there was a curse on the people. And the reality was the real curse was on, uh, on the Pharisees. They were not seeing Jesus for who he was. Well, then we go to John chapter 8, 1 through 11, and we we notice that uh, some, some of your Bibles made references of how this was not a, a part of something that was previously included in early manuscripts. But I think a great thing to just remember is that we're seeing that this aligns still with who Jesus is. And so I'm fine with accepting this uh, this account uh, of Jesus because it's not giving information about Jesus that is outside of who he was. No, rather it's it further affirms who Christ is. And so here's the thing that the Pharisees were in this moment. They were blinded to see the grace that Jesus offers. Think about the woman. The woman was... She was a sinner. She was caught. She was guilty. All those things. Here's what the Pharisees wanted. The Pharisees wanted the blood of the law. They wanted to trap Jesus. They wanted to try and get him to be somebody that he was not affirming who he was. But here comes Jesus. He demonstrates the grace of God that not only saves, but transforms our hearts. You know, I don't know what Jesus was writing in the ground. I don't know exactly what it was. Some people have said to me, oh, maybe it's been, it was the word grace. Maybe it was hesed, you know, love. Whatever it was, here's what we do know, is that Jesus saved this woman, and then he transformed our heart when he said, go and sin no more. What a powerful picture that that is. And yet there's still people that are out there that are blinded to see the grace that Jesus offers. And the Pharisees right here in this moment, they're blinded by it. They were blinded to hear the message, the real message that Jesus was sharing. And then we have John chapter 8, 12 through 20. And here we have the Pharisees. They were blinded to see the truth that Jesus reveals. I mean, we have this powerful verse, John chapter 8, verse 12. He makes this claim, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then you have the Pharisees. They were blinded to see who Jesus truly was as the Son of God, the light of God, the person of Christ, the God-man, God himself in the flesh coming here, and yet they were missing it. They were missing it. They wanted to continue to walk in darkness by their own vision instead of seeing Christ. And Jesus challenges the Pharisees' blindness, and it becomes this crisis of belief and what he claims about himself which is the relationship of, of Jesus being the Son of God and the Father and the Spirit in one. And so for us, here's where this comes down to. And we, we look throughout these three episodes. Here's the real thing that we have to think through. Do I really believe what Jesus says about himself? Or, or another way, do I really believe that Jesus is who he says that he is? That's, that's one crisis of belief that we have to think about. Do I really believe who Jesus says he is? Is he, is he savior of my life? Do I really believe that by his death and his resurrection that I am able to be saved? But then do I also believe that he's Lord of my life? 
that because he saves me, that he has control of my life, that he is Lord of my life. And whatever he says that I need to do, that is what I'm going to do. Do I really believe that? Does my life also reflect this truth? You know, we it's easy for us to say it, right? It's easy for us to speak these things, but do I really live it out? What a great question for you to think about today. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? And can people see it in your life? Do I really believe Jesus to be the, the Christ? Do I really believe him to be the Messiah, the promised one of God returning, coming again? And how do I want to be found by Christ whenever he comes again? Do I want to be found as somebody that was living for the world? Or do I want to be found as somebody living with urgency, living with passion, following Christ? Do I really believe that the grace of God that Jesus offers can save me and can change me? Am I, am I seeking to be transformed by him or do I continue to look like the world? Do I really believe that Jesus is the truth that I am to live by? And am I getting into the word? Am I living by these things? Because to be to not be giving into these things, to not be living according to God's word, you know what you are? You're living blind. You're living in hypocrisy. You're, you're trying to remove the truth from your life. Whenever the route is, do we are we going to surrender to the truth in our life? Guys, that's what this passage is about today. I hope you're able to hear this, this great message that's here. And man, what just a powerful truth for us to just learn about living for Christ. Don't be blinded by the world. Don't be blinded by the things of this world. Follow Jesus wholeheartedly. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Join us tomorrow as we continue through the Gospel of John. See you guys then.